and welcome to episode 47 of the Paul Norton podcast. Now, today's episode is, it was a really good episode, really good episode, because something that's lacking in the fitness industry is, especially for nurses and, you know, guards and all that kind of stuff, is shift workers. Anyone who's doing any kind of shift work, it's hard. And one thing that I've noticed with working with a lot of, of people, especially women, is it can be so hard to stick to some sort of nutrition or training plan when you are doing shift work. And it's a massive area that needs to be addressed. So today I had the pleasure of chatting with um, a guy in Melbourne, good friend, and he is called A Healthy Shift. His name is Roger, and he basically helps people with all things shift work. Being a veteran himself for the last you know number of years, he has a lot of experience, helped a lot of people, and this podcast is going to be amazing. Hope you really enjoy, and as always, if you can share, like, tell your friends about this, because the more people we can get to listen to this podcast, the more it will impact someone's life. Take care and enjoy. Yeah, thanks, Um Thank you so much, Paul, for having me on the podcast. I sincerely appreciate um, being on here with you and having the opportunity to talk to the people that are listening to your podcast about shift work and how we need to work around with shift workers, which is really important. Um, I'm a, um, a, a father of a shift worker, of two shift workers. I've got a son who's a shift worker. I've got a daughter who's a shift worker. And I've been doing shift work for what is now in my 38th year. Um, I work in law enforcement here in um, um, Melbourne, and um, I've done that for my entire, pretty much what feels like my entire life. Um, going back about three years ago, I identified that there is literally no help at all for shift workers um, at all. People that just don't have any idea how to go about eating, training, doing what anything along those lines around shift work. So what I thought I would do was because I had a full handle on what it's like to go through shift work, I thought I'd go back and study and learn all about nutrition. So I went to Mac Nutrition Uni, um, learned all about um, um, nutrition, and I've come out of that as a certified nutritionist, MNU nutritionist. And I now are coaching shift workers one-to-one in nutrition and health and well-being around shift work with the knowledge that I've gained from the time that I've been shift working coupled with my knowledge of actual nutrition. It's amazing. I suppose that's one thing is that, yeah, with, with me, obviously I work with a lot of females and males, but I do have some clients who are shift workers and for them, even for me as a coach, I probably don't understand it you know enough about the shift workers because it's, it's a huge again it's it's such an issue when whether it's you know police or you know nurses or doctors like wherever it may be like shift work is is taxing the body isn't it? like it's not just as straightforward as all you know skip it sleep here and there it's like constant jet lag isn't it that, that is absolutely true i think paul what we do is we totally underestimate who are shift workers, because when we think shift workers, one of the first things that we tend to think about is police, fire and ambulance, don't you? We, we, we forget about all the nurses. We forget about the doctors. We forget about the pilots flying planes and the baggage handlers and the people that are checking you in. We forget about Uber drivers and taxi drivers, and we forget about people that are working in, you know, 7-Eleven stores and supermarkets and industries running 24-7. It might shock you to know, but in Australia alone, with the population that we have, there's 2 million shift workers just in Australia alone. Now, when you look at the American population as well, which is, I, I'm only going to hazard a guess here because I can't exactly remember, but I know that nearly 22% of the US population are shift workers as well. Now, that's only two continents that we're talking about there. So we've got 2 million in Australia, we've got 22% of the USA, so that's going to probably come up to well over 25 million shift workers in the USA. And private industry, we demand this. We've got triple zero call takers, radio, dispatchers, police, fire, ambulance. When we call, we expect people to be there to help us, don't we? Like that's, that's how society is now. We expect people to be there to help us. Um, it's easy to say to a shift worker, don't do it. But the bottom line is 
expectations are that we have to have shift workers in our life. And there are strategies that we can go to best perform in shift work. It doesn't, it's a way less than ideal, right? It's way less than ideal being out of sync with our circadian rhythm, but we have to have shift workers. And I'm here to now coach shift workers one-to-one. And as time goes by, hopefully to build a course to educate PTs around how to go about actually coaching shift workers because they are different to your nine to five workers. And the expectation is um, that you can just coach them the same and you cannot. And men and women at a shift work are completely different as well. Well, it's a silly question, but what is how what is shift work? If you would describe shift work, how would you describe shift work to someone who doesn't probably know what it is? Yeah, well, shift work is when you're working outside, like from a research standpoint, shift work is um, anybody that works outside of like 8 a.m. in the morning to 6 p.m. at night. So anybody that starts before then or finishes after then. Yes, and it may seem like a really, you know, simple answer, but again, people probably don't realize that. And when we look at like even shift workers, you know, it, it's even like, you know, the little fella working in the Caltox station at three o'clock in the morning or, you know, the McDonald's worker and all that kind of stuff. But I suppose when we look at shift workers, we won't go into nutrition just yet, but what are the kind of drawbacks of the shift work? And is there any positives of shift work or how do you work around someone just day-to-day life that the shift work and once actually have it because when we look at shift work you know is there a difference between like someone who might have two weeks on doing shift work and then two weeks off or is it better to have a constant like shift work pattern no no it's actually better to have the break um, which is really important the biggest biggest problem with shift work is as human beings and as any living being has even plants we have a circadian rhythm which operates on a 24-hour cycle So we have a biological daytime and we have a biological night. So we are designed or developed to actually work with that biological day and that biological night. So as darkness comes, so melatonin secretion comes so that we start getting tired. The adenosine has built up over the period of the day and we sleep and we sleep in the dark time. And then we wake up in the morning because it's light and, you know, through the stimulus of the light and the timing of our eating actually puts us into a, you know, a daytime cycle, which our circadian rhythm is responding to that. I'll give you an analogy, Paul, for a shift worker. All right. Try and imagine that you've got a conductor of an orchestra that is conducting a hundred people and they're all playing their own piece of music, completely different music, because that's what it's like to do shift work, right? So because we have biological clocks in every single cell in our body, right? And it is all in sync, which is run through the hypothalamus in the base of our brain, all right? So they're all running in sync. But what happens is when we do shift work and we're outside of that daytime and that nighttime signal or we're awake during the night when we should be asleep, everything's totally out of sync, which is why we end up with all sorts of problems. The brain fog, we just feel like we've been hit by a bus. And I think you'll find that majority of your listeners have traveled on a plane at some stage where you've crossed time zones um, and when you've crossed a substantial time zone, like if you've come from Europe and come to Australia or you've gone from Australia to Europe, it takes you a few days to get back in sync. And that's jet lag. And that is literally what doing shift work is like all the time for people. So the idea is to get into sync as soon as you can possibly get back into sync. So in answer to your second question, which is, you know, are you better to stay in that night cycle or stay in that day cycle? The answer is no. You're better off if you think about normal rotations. For majority of your listeners would probably do like two days on, two nights, and then have four days off. If you look at that cycle, you've generally got eight days or eight, eight times where you're going to bed and getting up, only two of those days are actually out of your normal circadian cycle. So the idea is to get into that night shift quickly and get out of the night shift as quickly as you possibly can to prevent a really bad circadian disruption. 
What's the impact on mental health? Because obviously we had a chat before air about mental health and how it's such a rising topic. How, like, what is the impact on? Because I I know like you know for me, you know I'm going through some struggles at the moment, and my sleep has been like I went to bed last night at you know probably I could I didn't I didn't get sleep by three o'clock had three hours sleep the night before the exact same and today like I'm just in just brain fog. How does that affect? Because I'm sure like there's a massive you know, increase in mental health issues with shift workers. There, there absolutely is. Let's have a think about, you know, look, what we've just gone through in the last two years in the world, Paul, you know, like it's it's massive. And the police and the, in particular, let's just talk about the police and like paramedics as well. Um, and people working in shops overnight and things like that, you know, they've had to wear masks. They're confronted by angry people all the time. Um, the police have had to, you know, um, deal with um, government regulations. Um, it's highly, highly stressful. The fact that your body is out of sync with your normal circadian cycle causes another stress as well. So shift workers are in a highly high sympathetic state. Um, just to explain to people, we have a sympathetic side and we have a parasympathetic side. Our sympathetic side is our fight or flight um, and our parasympathetic is our rest or digest. It's really important for us as shift workers to put a line between the end of our shift and get ourselves from a sympathetic state back into a parasympathetic state very quickly. Um, otherwise, we don't sleep. Or when you do go to sleep, you wake up alert um, and your brain is ticking over. So shift workers, just like anybody that's going through a mental health issue, needs to have strategies in place. And you know, generally, breathing or meditation or journaling are really good exercises for, um, uh, for shift workers to do to get yourself from that sympathetic state from a shift going back into a parasympathetic state so that your body, your heart rate comes down, you actually rest. And that's what helps you to sleep. Hard. Um, this is, I heard, I think it was from the rock, the rock Johnson, but I probably crazy, but it's crazy. Like he, he made a tweet. I'm not sure what, if there's any science behind this, but I think he made a statement one time that, you know, um, that if you're, you know, flying overseas in different time zones and you're struggling with jet lag and all the other rest, that you're better off to go do it like a gym session and, and that's really get a good sweat going and pump going straight away. Is that a true or false in that? Or is that just, what do you think? I think our friend Tom Coleman would strongly argue that. Um, I would, one of the biggest frustrations that I see is I see night shift workers on their way home stopping in and doing an F45 session on the way home to smash themselves senseless. Um, and then they're going home, eating, going to bed. Or That's just absolutely the wrong way to go about it, Paul, because what tends to happen is, what well, tends to happen, our body is highly stressed. By the time we finish work, our body is stressed. Now, you might not be feeling stressed. You might be feeling quite relaxed and looking forward to that activity that you're going to do, whether it be a gym session or whether it be an F45 session or what. You might be feeling like you want to do that. But what you're not, what you're missing is the message from your body is how highly stressed your body is by being completely out of sync with its circadian rhythm. Now, it's all well and good for someone like The Rock to say that who's very, very conditioned to training and that's his mental outlet, which is important, obviously. And you might say the same for a shift worker as well, but they they don't have attendance to look after them like our friend The Rock does, right? So we're dealing with meal preps and trying to work shifts and children and families and husbands and wives and, and, and general everyday life at the same time. And that makes it very, very difficult to stop and do an F45. And the bottom line is, um, Paul, you're actually getting negative adaptations from that because you're so highly stressed, you're insulin um, resistant, um, your cortisol is high from the shift, you're inflamed, you're tired. How could you possibly train properly? The best solution is to go straight home, have yourself a protein and carbohydrate meal, go straight to bed, get up and then take yourself for a nice walk or do what I encourage my shift workers to do is a gentle list session at 65% of your actual heart rate, which is the best exercise for a shift worker to do on shift. 
at that time? Would you recommend it's better off then to work out um, before? So you wake up and you know, you're doing shift. Would you do it before you go to the your work, obviously? Yes, correct. That's that's what I would highly recommend. Between nights, people that feel like they want to do something, and, and they do, because let's face it, people get very conditioned to their exercise routines. But the bottom line is, even if you are a five-day-a-week bodybuilder that has to get that routine in, even going in and doing that session while you're in between night shifts is foolish because you are not going to cash in on those. Ad- you're going to get negative adaptations. You're not going to be getting positive adaptations out of it. Yes, it might make you feel better, but you're not getting the positive effect out of that actual training session. So what do I actually suggest shift workers do is to do like a list session, jump on a bike or a treadmill and get your heart rate to 65%. So um, calculate that. And for those that are listening, it's 220 uh, minus your age, whatever your age is, equals, and then multiply that by 0.65. And that will give you what your 65% of your maximum heart rate is. If you sit within three to five beats of that, and pedal a bike or stand on a treadmill or walk on a treadmill for that, it actually burns the stress out of the system. It burns the triglycerides out of the system. It's a pure fat burning zone, right? There's no carbohydrate involved. It's pure fat that's burning out of your um, out of your bloodstream. Now, let's be clear. It's not a fat burner, but it's burning the fat out of your bloodstream, right? This is not a strenuous exercise on the body at all. It's enormously beneficial. And my shift workers are thriving on doing list sessions um, instead of going in and trying to smash themselves in the gym with a weight session or going to do an F45. It works really well. And obviously, then, that that, that would be when they finished their work and on the way home, is it? Not when you're on your way home. That would be after you've woken up. When you've finished your shift on night shift, and let's... I, I tend to talk more when we say shift work, I tend to talk more about night shift because it's the shift that people most have trouble with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's just, let's just sort of clear that up for people as well. Like if you're on a, let's just say you're on an afternoon shift and you finished at 10 o'clock at night or nine o'clock at night, by all means go and do a gym session and go home because you can still get to sleep at midnight, get up at eight o'clock, still get your seven or eight hours and everything's good. But at night shift, Generally, you've been awake since about 6 or 7 p.m. You've been awake the whole night. Mm. To go into a training session is absolute suicide. You should literally go home, and I encourage my shift workers to have a protein and carbohydrate meal, something like proats or even a yogurt with or a casein um, protein, slow-release protein with a bit of carbohydrate because carbohydrate helps us to sleep mm. and go to bed and get a solid sleep and then wake up and then go and try, go and go and do a list session on a bike or or if you're coming out of your night shift, then take that day. Be, look after your body when you're on night shift. That's the most important thing. Come out of it and you will train so much better on your days off if you rest and give your body a break while it's trying to deal with being out of line with its circadian rhythm. But to go to a point there, I suppose what happens in the case, Roger, if I have a client who's, you know, looking to build, build muscle and that kind of stuff. So someone's on shift for the whole time. Do you want to, let's say, tone up, drop body fat, build muscle? How do you, you don't recommend then like lifting weights or how does that work? So it, it, that doesn't mean that someone that's on shift work misses out from lifting weights, is it? No. Well, once again, we're talking night. <clears throat> so a person, obviously, not many people are on permanent nights. Let's let's be honest. Like, there's not too many people in life that are on permanent nights. And if you're on permanent nights, then you're actually changing. You know, you, you can't change your circadian rhythm into a complete night day person. Mm. Now, when it comes to training, we obviously need to stimulate the muscle, don't we? So we need to be able to do the weights. But don't go in there trying to do PBs and lifting heavy because your body is already stressed you are insulin resistant because your body is so confused that it's shutting down processes and we don't want to be in that position, right? I still, Paul, we still work around protein timing. It's still super important to go through that protein timing of every three to five hours to cash in on that muscle protein synthesis as well. 
But to take two days off or three days off actual weight training is not going to hurt long-term over a whole program. So, you know, this is where coaches need to understand that you can't say you must get those five sessions. And if you don't get those five sessions in, you won't get to your goal. Well, the bottom line is if you train on those days in between your nights, you, you're actually going to have a negative effect and you're not going to enjoy it. Drop those two days and just go and do in your weaker nights or your days, go and do two good full body circuits. So you're still stimulating the muscle outside of that, uh, that night shift. So you're still doing it. Unfortunately, if you're a night shift worker and you're doing night shift, you need to put your training on hold for a couple of days. That's the bottom line. That's what I say. Go and do a list session, burn it out of your system and feel like you're doing something. But to be actually weight training when your body is highly stressed is just a no-go. I suppose then, so if you have someone who is, let's say, does a full week, does a week, a, a week, even maybe two weeks, let's say, I can say, of shift work, is it the same scenario? You still don't recommend, so that be two weeks off different weight. You still recommend not doing the, the weight if, if they have, like, let's say they might have a job where they do two weeks on and a week off or something like that, nuts like that. Yeah, some people are doing that. Some people do do the two weeks. Obviously, you know, that's that's a less than ideal situation for people to be doing, and they start to get into a routine. Um, as to what the perfect answer is in relation to that would certainly come down to how the person feels themselves. But what I'm saying is, and I know this is a, it's a very loose canon act, um, answer here, as in, you know, it depends. I mean, how often do we hear it depends? Because it literally does depend. See, Paul, you, you're someone who, would thrive on training. So you need to train every single day. It's important to you. But what you shouldn't have a coach standing over someone that doesn't feel like it. If you don't feel like training because you're exhausted, it is suicide to go and train. It's not going to give you any benefit in any way whatsoever. Now, if you're if you've got goals to build muscle, you don't need to be smashing yourself, but you could certainly you know, have a deload week, go in and do a nice deload week or a two weeks of deload, but maintain your protein, keep your protein at a good level so that you're maintaining that lean muscle mass. And when it comes to your weighing and things like that, your weights are going to be all over the place. Just be patient and, and with your, with your body while you're in that two weeks of night shift um, and really smash your training in the week that you're off. Um, and because you'll pick up that you'll pick up the adaptations from that training, then you'll go really well with that. It's really important. But it would come down to the individual. If if someone comes to you as a gen pop client, let's just say for argument's sake, you've got a gen pop client that comes to you that that you know is a mum that's got two kids that just wants to lose five or six kilos. Um, and and seriously, why would you go and smash yourself in a gym when you're in between nights? That's that's not going to help you. You're better off timing your nutrition better, and that would help you much better, you know, and, and just doing something like a list session, being gentle, and then in your days off outside the training, then going and having a smash in the, in the gym doing the weights. That definitely makes a lot of sense. And I suppose you topped, you, topped, you, you kind of mentioned nutrition there, but that's another big topic. Even, even going back to sleep, you kind of re rewind a small bit, like sleep is so important. And even when we look at shift work, there's probably even a link like, you know, let's say me going through a bit of a time, you know, my sleep patterns are all over. Because that's initially what shift work is doing is like, it's just, it's just messed up your sleep patterns, isn't it? So you could like look at, you know, this, this obviously podcast is good for shift workers, but it'd be also good for people who are maybe struggling with different bedtimes or going through rough times and they're not getting to bed till two or three or four o'clock. Like, and that's probably the biggest thing about shift work is in in your in your opinion what's the biggest area in shift work that is that causes the most stress in the body sleep and, and i knew you knew i was going to say that you've led me straight into it sleep is my number one pillar so and so many functions occur when we sleep like that's when our human growth hormones released. Our brain flushes and cleans out. You know, if, if people haven't listened to your podcast with Tom Coleman, I highly suggest that people go back and have a listen to that because Tommy's all over this and he's, he's excellent. Sleep has to be your priority. And to coin Tom's phrase as well, and I know I sound like I'm worshipping Tom because I actually do, but to coin Tom's phrase, we don't have you don't have a sleep problem. What we have is a social priority problem. We don't actually focus on sleep enough. And 
we need to sleep hard. Instead of training hard, we need to actually sleep hard. Sleep must be our priority. If you focus and make sleep your number one priority in life, and I'm not talking about sleeping 23 out of 24 hours, but if you solidly focus on a sleep hygiene, sleep routine in every 24-hour cycle, so many things in your life fix. Um, you know, you, your appetite changes, your nutrition's more on point, your mental health improves, your gut microbiota improves, your um, the, the, your anxiety, your stress, your um, um, your your muscles will grow. Um, you maintain lean muscle mass. You, know, you 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 lose weight. Um, how much? You can just go on and on and on. So when you're going through a stressful situation and or you know you're coming out of shift work and you're very stressed, it's really important to go acknowledge it, sit in it, and actually journal it out, write it out as in what's actually, you know, just to empty your head, Um, practice some nose breathing, just practice getting in bed and just doing some nose breathing, which is um, another form of things that make a big difference to you as, you know, two sharp breaths in and then a long breath out through your nose um, and make sure your exhale is longer than your inhale. And it puts you back into that parasympathetic state you need to be able to empty that brain and come out of that but sleep is so important to you like even i woke up this morning at three o'clock in the morning and i had my brain was going a million miles an hour but i'm lucky i can do a body scan i can actually focus on things and i I went back to sleep because i emptied you know what i had to emptied my brain um and i was able to do that but a lot of people don't understand how to go about doing that and that's where um if you learn about how to sleep, so many problems in your life actually fix. Hundred percent. It's even like even like bed sheets, as simple as like bed sheets. Like again, last night I went to bed, bed sheets, you know, were you know probably not fresh. They weren't puffed. They you know they were probably carrying sweat from the night before, whatever it may be. And you know, it's probably one thing that I hear a lot of my clients who are shift workers is that they struggle with, you know doing the stimulus, like doing the laundry, doing the washing, like not having clean clothes, not being organized. And I suppose in your area of, of your coaching, how important is that? Like how can someone structure, you know, the routine of obviously trying to get eight hours sleep, but also trying to, you know, manage their life as in doing the laundry, the sheets. And I know it may be a really basic question, but there's some people actually do struggle with finding that time to do all that stuff. Funny you should mention that, <laughs> Paul. It's quite funny. I've got to wonder whether you've been watching my stories. Clean sheets are the secret to good sleep, aren't they? Like, let's face it, who hates getting into clean sheets? No one, right? So what I say to my shift workers is when you wake up straight after your night shift, rip the sheets off the bed, get out of bed, stand up, rip the sheets off the bed, grab your coffee, go outside, but chuck your sheets in the washing machine put them out on the line. So when you get home, you can put the next ones on the bed. So, you know, so on and so forth, but clean sheets are the key, you know, keeping your room cool and sleep hygiene, having a routine to fall to sleep too. Now, you know, people, you talk about having to um, live life and, and get your sheets clean. How do you get your clothes washed? Well, you, you learn over time to become efficient at doing that. When you, when you get home from work, chuck the washing in the machine, let the washing machine wash it while you're asleep. Just get to bed, get that sleep. That's the most important thing. Don't worry about the washing. Don't worry about anything else. Become efficient at managing your time, but sleep's got to be the priority. It's no good being tired and not having washed clothes because people... You know, as well as I do, Paul, what they do is they get into bed and they scroll the gram on their phone and Instagram is giving you instant dopamine hits all the time um, because it refreshes, the screen refreshes, the screen refreshes. It actually shows you the start of the next post. So you scroll to the next one. Then you go and have a look at something and you go back. You look at someone's Insta story, you go back and, and it's instantly refreshing the screen every single time you do that to keep you on it. That is causing you a problem. That's the time when you could have put the washing in the machine. Do you know what I mean? Like, forget the phone. Put the phone out on the kitchen bench. Put the washing in. Have something to eat. Go to bed. Get the sleep. Get up. You're not missing out on anything. You are not missing out on anything. And when you do wake up, don't grab your phone. That's the worst thing that people do is they grab their phone. 
and off they go with their phone. Scroll, scroll, blue light. I can't sleep. I'm not sleeping properly yet. Well, you were looking at your phone before. You, you know, you weren't going through a proper routine. I always talk to clients about what is your routine going into sleep? What is your sleep hygiene? For the last two hours before you go to bed, what are you actually doing? Because this is where we don't have a sleep problem. We've actually got a social priority problem. Oh, I'm talking to someone on the phone. Oh, I'm scrolling the gram. Oh, I've got to check Facebook. Oh, I had to do emails. Oh, oh I was doing this or I was doing that. No one anymore just leaves their phone on the kitchen bench, grabs a book, goes off to bed, reads a few pages. Oh, but I can't read because I fall asleep. Duh. <laughs> That's what we want. 100%. Like, I think like social media is obviously good for us, but social media is detrimental to people's health. And that's like, not, I know I'm a shift work, but personally think that social media is a massive, plays a massive part in mental health issues. And it's probably something that I'm, I'm getting a bit more passionate about because, you know, go through my struggles myself. But social media is just all about comparing and looking at other people's lives. And then we just, we end up like, if you're on shift work, like, you know, even on shift work, like, you know, you be could be, I've got clients who be, you know, nurses and to be waiting around for now and to be on their phone, like they could spend like six, you know, five, six hours on social media. And again, I suppose going down that road, if you're doing shift work and you're on your phone, your blue lights, all the rest, how is that detrimental or is it detrimental? Oh, it's enormously detrimental. Um, when I go into my night shift, my personally, I actually swap the do not disturb around because phones are so easy these days, these smartphones, Paul. You can, you can change your blue light filter on your phone to change. To, you can even make them go black and white. You can, you can make them go um, into a do not disturb mode. You can make them um, go to the blue light filter. You've got to take those steps. This is what people don't do. I wish more PTs and more coaches and more health coaches, more um, you know trainers, people in life, even OC Health and Safety or health and wellbeing sectors would focus more on getting people into a sleep hygiene, um, a proper sleep hygiene routine, and they would be so much more productive. Proper sleep brings so much more productivity. It also brings so much better health, the health benefits. People go, oh, but Rod, you know, I can't sleep. And, and my problem that I have is um, oh, I'm always sick, you know, and you think about it, what are you doing? You, you, you know, your blue light is severely detrimental. It's that blue light and that particular spectrum of blue light is pumping into your eye at, you know, from your phone. And you might even have a blue light filter on your phone, but you're lying in bed, you're looking at that blue light from your phone. And the problem is it's going straight into your eyes and it's stimulating the hypothalamus, which is suppressing melatonin, which is stopping you from sleeping. And that's, the, it, it stops you because it's thinking it's got to be awake. That's the problem. Um, a quality eye mask is essential for a night shift worker to have a quality eye mask. Um, even anybody in life, in all honesty, an eye mask makes such a difference and keeps you asleep. Our eyes are incredibly sensitive to light and light wakes us up. So if you're a person that says, oh, I wake up with the light in the morning, try an eye mask. Trust me, put an eye mask on. The difference it makes is massive. Um, and, you know, you can get good eye masks now. Like a lot of people say, oh, I can't stand my eyelashes, you know, but you can get good quality eye, mas eye, eye masks now that your eyelashes, you can still open your eyes in it, but it's pitch black. Um, just a funny story. When I was on my last night shift, I, um, <laughs> I, I picked up my phone and I was touching the screen and I was trying to work out why the screen wasn't coming on. It's because I still had my eye mask on. <laughs> I didn't realize that I still had my eye mask on. You know, in the darkness, when you look at look at your phone, yeah, and you just know where it is, and you know that if you touch the screen, the time comes on. And I'm touching this screen, and I'm banging this screen away, and I'm thinking, what? Oh, hang on, take the eye mask off. <laughs> you, you forget if it's a good fitted one, it's a good proper one. Um, then you find that wearing an eye mask makes a massive difference to people to help them to sleep. Sleep's got to be the priority. It's my number one pillar of health. What can be done like with, you know, higher um, powers to make shift work not as, because obviously shift work, you know, they don't get paid any more money. They're very, you know, not appreciated enough. What can be done to improve the whole night shift sector? Would you say? Oh, I think um, 
organisations, without any doubt whatsoever, Paul, need to spend more money on health and wellbeing in their shift working environments, like police, fire, ambulance, even Uber, um, taxis, taxi companies. Everybody needs to be spending more money and having people like myself that can come into a working environment to help them to put strategies in place, to work with them around rostering, to work with them um, around when to eat, what to eat, how to go about eating so that people are more healthy in that shift working environment because they are not helping their staff in any way whatsoever by the way that they're going about doing things. So without doubt, they need to get people to come in. And I know because I've connected now with a number of people that are in the shift work health and wellbeing. I think I'm the only one in fact, one of one of a few that are actually still doing shift work after 38 years, I'm still doing shift work and are certified nutritionist and coaching people. A lot of people have either done shift work in the past or they've been shift workers or they've studied shift work and they think they understand it, but you just don't unless you've done it. But health and wellbeing, there needs to be more money spent in health and wellbeing and there needs to be a lot more work particularly in the nursing field, nurses are brutalised with their rostering. They are the most brutalised people of all the shift workers. They're the hardest, not the hardest working, I nearly said it, but I, I love my nurses that I, I work with because, bless them, they do such an amazing job. They are real-life angels on earth with what they're doing. They're wearing PPE. They can't eat properly. There's there's temptation put in their face, in their mess rooms at their nurses stations everyone's bringing the chocolates chips biscuits you know everything's all coming into their nurse so it's very difficult um and their their rotations of their rosters are horrendous they need to be there needs to be more money spent in health and well-being for nurses to actually put them on a more regular roster whether it's seven days of afternoons and seven nights and seven days or some sort of routine where they can get into a bit more of a circadian rhythm instead of being all over the place where they can do two nights and have a day off and then it's three days and then it's, oh, it's four nights and I can't keep up with them. My shift work nurses, I just cannot keep up with them. My next question is, I suppose I work mainly with a lot of females and, you know, women and stuff like that. So the biggest thing is when it comes to, you know, males and females, what is the big, because I know personally from a lot of ladies I work with, the menstrual cycle or lack of stuff, whether perimenopause, menopause, that plays a huge, huge effect. But from your experience, like the big difference between males and females when it comes to shift work. There is a massive difference between males and females and how they cope with shift work purely because apart from the way they look, they are biologically very different with the way that they function internally as well. Like, um, and one of the main reasons, I know our females that are on night shift, they really, really, it must frustrate them when they look around at the men that they're working with that just seem to have absolutely no problems with doing nights and, and shift work. Whereas they're sitting there bloated up, feeling in pain and things like, um, you know, with that. Now, let's just have a look at this. And this is the reason why this happens. And if people uh, go to my Instagram, they'll see that there's a post there that actually is headed. Um, this one's for you ladies. And what it does is it talks about the biological differences between males and females, that we have a digestive tract, but the female digestive tract is actually longer than a male's, right? A female's stomach actually empties slower than a male's. It has less acid than a male's does. So therefore it takes longer for a female's stomach to actually um, digest or process, you know, through the stomach. And then it empties slower. It then goes into a longer digestive tract and ends up in a longer colon that actually empties slower than a um, than a male colon. Now, if you have a look at it, where are the female reproductive organs? The female reproductive organs are internal and they're inside that pelvis area. And what's right next to them? The colon. So we've got an agitated colon and an agitated digestive tract purely because it's outside of its circadian rhythm that's eating highly processed chocolates, chips, lollies, anything that they can get into themselves overnight, rubbing up against reproductive organs that are already agitated if they're in the luteal phase of their cycle, like you know weeks three and four of their cycle. 
So this is what causes massive problems for the females and also majority of shift workers, you know, are sedentary. You know, they're sitting for a long periods of time. And by being sedentary, we're getting that backlog of everything going through the system, which is, it's not actually clearing out the system as quickly as it can. So that fundamentally is the massive difference between males and females, but there is a solution. Oh yeah. And, and, and the, the, when I say there is a solution, it's, it's really important for females to keep their systems moving and also what we do and what I coach my clients to and research actually shows now that we should not be consuming anything between midnight and 6am. And the reason being is because our body is literally in its rest and digest mode. Now, people will tell you and people that have no knowledge will tell you if you go into night shift, oh no, just flip your meals and just have your, your, your lunch at three o'clock in the morning, have your dinner at six o'clock when you get home, have your breakfast when you get up at, you know, whatever time, blah, blah, blah. This is really poor information, Paul. And what needs to happen is it's really important for shift workers to keep their meals in and around the same timing as you would if you're in the biological day for what you would normally do in your biological day, because that's keeping your circadian rhythm in sync. Now, when it comes to night shift, for people that are on night shift, I highly recommend that people, and, and this is the process, so for those who want to grab a pen and paper, like between 11 and 12 is you would have a really good protein carbon fat meal, right? And I mean a substantial protein, carbon, fat meal. And then you fast from midnight through until 6 a.m. Your last caffeine, and I know everyone's going to hate me for this, but caffeine, the last caffeine that you should have at the latest should be between midnight and 1 a.m. at the absolute latest. Because caffeine severely impacts on our sleep, as you know, and it's got a half-life of about six hours. Um, which means whatever you're drinking, half of that is still in your system, floating around your system six hours later, blocking those adenosine receptors, which is stopping you from actually sleeping. Then what you do is you fast and you just drink bucket loads of water overnight. Shift workers, night shift workers need to drink more water. Note, need to drink more water than a normal person needs to drink to keep that system moving and the water keeps the system moving through really well. So then when you get home at your, you know, seven, six, seven o'clock is when you would have yourself a protein and carbohydrate meal. Don't be afraid of eating carbohydrates to go to bed. They don't make you fat. Carbohydrates actually help you to sleep. They're really good because they activate the tryptophan in the brain and bang, and away we go right? And off we go to sleep. And plus we're nice and full. So we sleep and sleep really well. And then we just continue to eat during that day. And we go through that because of the amount of water that a night shift worker needs to drink, or I highly encourage them to drink. I've got, my clients are actually on hydrolyte and I actually have them before they go in or when they wake up from their night shift is to have hydrolyte and put, replace those electrolytes back in the system, it actually, believe it or not, has been a game changer for so many people. And I know it was for me when I hit on it. Having hydrolyte um, is really, really good for um, um, replacing those electrolytes in your system that you flushed out because of the amount of water that you've drunk. And it actually just charges you up and gets you going. It's sort of like caffeine, moves you forward with that. And the females... I highly recommend that females have a teaspoon of Metamucil every single day that are on night shift or shift work. Shift work females that have been having Metamucil, just a teaspoon of Metamucil mixed into water, or take, you can take the capsules if you can't stand the taste of it, but I mm -hmm. highly recommend Metamucil because it's a soluble fibre, right? It forms a gel. It slips through the system really well. It doesn't cause the gas and the bloating that insoluble fiber causes, which, you know, your whole grains and things like that. It feeds the good gut microbiota, but what it also does is it actually keeps your system moving through really well. And my shift workers that are doing the Metamucil every day are actually noticing an enormous difference in how they're feeling around their cycles and feeling so much better up and about, they're not experiencing all that sedentary pain. And I also highly suggest, obviously, we need to be up and moving. So walking, 
in between nights, just going for a walk for 30 odd minutes or in breaks at work, taking the opportunity to go for a walk. And with that then, Roger, I suppose the biggest thing is we, like, you know, protein is, you know, it's the hardest macronutrient to break down has, you know, the thermal effect. Do you recommend then, so if someone is to have protein and carbs throughout their day, do you recommend they have protein before bed? I know, or would you say, like, if you're having someone, let's say someone is looking to, to go just lose weight, lose fat, how do you manage them to, let's say they're tracking their calories, whatever it may be, how do you, how would you tell them, apart from like, obviously they're fast in that six, 12 to six and they're tracking, how would you get them to kind of time their meals roughly like, you, let's say protein in general and fat and carbs yep. for the sleep? Okay. Good question, because I would, that's why I suggested the high protein carbon fat meal at 11 o'clock. Let's, let's go to the muscle protein synthesis situation where you need to be getting protein in every three to five hours as a maximum so that we cash in on that um, refractory um, period. So what we want to do is we have a high protein carbon fat meal at, at midnight or before midnight, like between 11 and 12, so that we're going to get going to cash in on that muscle protein synthesis around that time. Now, a lot of people can't fast. People that have got fast metabolisms at your training, like bodybuilders and things like that, can't fast overnight. So what I would highly suggest that they do is carry something like Yopro yogurts um, and have a couple of Yopro yogurts at around about 3 or 5 a.m. so that once again, they're putting protein through their system to make sure that when that protein synthesis occurs, that they've got the protein availability ready to go through their system. That also helps them with something that's really easy to slip through the system, Paul, you know, like uh, a Yopro yogurt is something that will just go through the system that the body really doesn't have to work very hard to break down. And we know how important protein is. And then when you get home to have that protein and carbohydrate, that means you have covered that period. If you think about it, majority of even nine to five workers go to bed at 10, 11 o'clock at night, don't wake up until seven. They're not having protein over that period of time, unless you wake up at three o'clock in the morning and then you could have a protein shake if you wanted to. If, you know, like I think Arnie used to do that, wake up, have a protein shake, go back to sleep. Good luck with that. Um, but, you know, we, you're not going to lose muscle because you're awake and you're not you fasting between midnight and six because everybody does that every day regardless right so it doesn't matter mm. but what i do suggest is before you go to bed is you have that casein protein which is a slower release protein and that's why i recommend to clients as well like the casein um, custard from muscle nation to have that um before they go to bed because it's a it's delicious it gives you a sweet treat um, and it's a it's a casein protein, which is a slow release protein, um, which you know it releases a lot slower while you're sleeping. So therefore, it keeps you full and it keeps you asleep as well. So that's that's something that's really important. Um, I think if people go to my Instagram, actually, there's a uh, a post on meal timing around night shifts. It needs a refresh, but it's actually got a structure for how you should go through days and nights on night shift, which um, which is really good. So yeah, I I, I do suggest protein is. So important, obviously, uh, particularly for muscle building clients and also for fat loss. And you know as well as I do, we need to keep that protein high. It's no good people complaining about their stomachs if they're eating highly processed carbohydrates. You know, on night shift, they're eating chocolates and chips and lollies and, and things like that. And then they're complaining that they've put on weight or that they're always hungry. It's because of those foods that they're eating. But Paul, it's natural for people to crave that on night shift. We're tired. The ghrelin levels are elevated enormously. We're so tired that what does the body look for? It looks for energy. Where does it get energy from? Glucose. What's glucose? Carbohydrate. So, of course, you crave the carbohydrate and fat. It's a vicious cycle, but it's only your body check. It's only your body um, tricking you, you know? Um, you don't need it. You will survive. When you go to bed at night, at 10 o'clock at night, you wake up at six in the morning. You don't eat over that time, so you don't need it. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, that's the biggest thing is I've noticed is like I'd have clients or have people contact me or shift workers, and their biggest issue is that you know they're they're overweight and they've you know they've gained since shift work they've gained you know a couple of kgs of weight. So, suppose do you want to kind of talk about that a small bit in, in terms of that? Do you what see the main ratios? Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the main reasons why that does actually happen is because shift workers notoriously will eat overnight. They will flip their meals. 
So with some education of fasting between midnight and 6am, you will find, Paul, that your clients will improve enormously by fasting between that midnight and six. Now, people will tell you, I can't fast over that long on night shift because I'm awake, so I should be eating. It's actually incorrect. You should not be eating. When we're between midnight and 6 a.m., we are insulin resistant. What that means is when we're eating, that glucose is running around our bloodstream. It's got nowhere to go. So it gets parked as fat because it's not getting, it's not, forming part of, you know, it's not being burnt as energy through our muscle because it can't get into the muscle to be burnt. And majority of the time we're sedentary anyway. Majority, most of our shift workers are actually sedentary. And even if we're not sedentary, the fact that we're awake when our body is regularly asleep or programmed to be asleep, because, you know, as humans, we're diurnal, which means we're awake during the day and we sleep at night. Right. So even though we're a shift worker, we are still a diurnal creature. We're against that. Don't eat overnight. Have your last meal between 10 and 12 or 11 and 12. If that's, if you can, you know, people, if you can not eat from 10 o'clock, even better because your food will digest a lot, lot quicker. Heaps of water, um, fast overnight. If you can't fast, you're a person that can't fast then what I highly suggest the, the, the clients to do is to have food that is so easy to process and go through your system. And what I suggest to them is things like a, a vegetable soup, something like a vegetable soup that's highly blitzed that you can carry in a thermos that you can just sip on while you're going through the night. So it's you're getting all the nutrients from that, but it just slips through your system. The other thing is, as I said before, is the YoPro yogurt, something that's really simple to slip through, but the, um, uh, the protein, it keeps you feeling full. It gives you the sweetness as well. Um, by all means, chuck a few blueberries in it or a few strawberries or something like that. But, um, you know, people going via 7-Eleven and stopping and getting a pie or a sausage roll or, or something like that, or Maccas, doing a Maccas run at that time of the morning, worst possible thing you can do ever. It's kind of, I just kind of tip, yeah, processed foods. What is the negative impact? And I know processed food is not good for our own good health, but is what's the, the negative drawback from stopping getting an old, you know, McFlurry or cheeseburger at two o'clock in the morning? Well, the problem that you've got there is you've got the high amount of sugar in that as well, Paul. You know, so so if you're if you're going to get a, a cheeseburger, you know, you've got to have a look at the high value of fat that's in that. You've got to have a look at the high content of sugar in that. When we eat, when the, we're, our, we're insulin resistant and our body is resting overnight, our poor body is asleep and it's just sitting there waiting to go somewhere. So ladies, the reason why you're gassed up and bloating is because your body is asleep while you've got sugar sitting in your system like that. Now, I'm not demonizing sugar. I'm just demonizing it at that time of the morning because your body has nowhere to put it because it's going to park it as fat. This is why shift workers put on weight in the first two or three years, it's not uncommon for a shift worker to put on, you know, up to 10 kilos, no problems. Um, and the other problem that they do have as well is a lot of people, they self-medicate, um, they, they drink um, alcohol um, to cope with, with the shifts instead of putting, you know, mon mindfulness um, strategies in place to um, get around that. Yeah, because, you know, it can be, you know, obviously weight gain comes from a calorie surplus. And if you're doing shift work, it'd be so hard because, if you have someone that's working a normal job, like, you know, let's say you're working whatever, nine to five, you, you can time your meals and your calories. And if you're doing shift work, it's so hard. And, you know, I just says like you'd be craving it, especially nurses, you know, because there's so much snacks there and they could easily consume like 2000 calories or 2000 calories over what they should be doing. They just having a piece of cake and a chocolate here and there because they're on the run. Like just like quick, 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 get a hit and then back an hour later. And it's a vicious cycle of like, you have a snack, blood sugar's rise, then they drop back again. And just and then before they know it, then you know they've they've gone over their 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 maintenance by you know a thousand calories, and then as down the line just keep on gaining weight. And it's just once you understand the concept of deficit, it is hard. But I find that for a lot of my clients with shift work, that's the scenario is that haven't got time for food, they're just eating on the go, they're giving cake and biscuits and snacks and all the rest, and all of a sudden then you know they'll have an energy, then they'll come back at more, and then they're just you know the by the time the shift work's finished, they've, they haven't even realized how much the snacks that have and just because going this massive big vicious cycle. That is absolutely spot on. And this is what happens all the time. And let's be, let's be fair to shift workers. Um, <clears throat> there's two ways of looking at this. 
Shift workers either either under-eat on night shift or they overeat. There's no grey area. There's very few people that get it right in the middle. Some people and clients come to me that are in a, you know, they might be in a muscle building phase or whatever, and they say, oh, I can't get the meals in. Good. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about the fact that you can't get the meals in. Give your body a rest because it's already stressed. So for those times that you're on night shift, like, um, like here in Victoria, our police do seven nights of night shift in a row as a general rule, right? Um, so seven nights of night shift, that will add up if you continue to overeat over those nights. Like when the donuts turn up in the watch house or the, um, you know, you're doing a Macca's run. Here's an idea for people that are on shift work that are out on the road at night and you're trying to look for an idea because your colleague's going through the Maccas and they're going to get Maccas and you think, oh, I haven't brought anything. What can I do? Go to 7-Eleven and get the sandwiches. The sandwiches are ideal from 7-Eleven. They're freshly made every day. Don't underestimate the humble sandwich. The other thing that you can do if you feel like something different how many of those kebab vans do you see on the corner of, of places? Now, we think of kebabs as a greasy kebab on the way home from a big night out on the gas, right? And we do. And we always get kebabs and do that. But, you know, you can go to those kebab vans and ask them for a naked one. Just shave the meat for me and give me the salad bit that goes with it. Don't worry about the Greek sauce and everything. And you can actually have a protein and salad with it on night shift. And it's easy. And it's there all the time. Just drop into the kebab van and just say to the bloke, just shave the meat off, give me the salad and have done. And you've got fast food on the go for you all the time, which is easy. So the 7-Eleven, you don't have to go and get the donuts. You don't have to go and get the cakes. Go and have a look at the sandwiches. The sandwiches are fine. People demonize bread. They demonize it. But you can get sandwiches and take sandwiches with you and have a couple of good rounds of you know, chicken and salad sandwiches at 11 o'clock at night. Nothing wrong with that. Why don't people do that? I don't understand that they feel like they've got to do the Macca's run or they've got to have this. Go to Sev's, get yourself a chicken and salad sandwich or a chicken and avocado sandwich and have that at 11 o'clock at night. Yep, it's not as tasty as the Big Mac, but by God, it's going to do you the world of good, not, not worse. Oh, 100%. And I suppose just... With everything we just kind of mentioned, if you were to if you were to wrap all that everything we've mentioned between nutrition and training and sleep and mindset, how would you wrap it up to kind of you know fi finish it out? How would you wrap it all up into one little nice you know paragraph? Yeah, easy. Focus on your sleep as a shift worker. Get yourself a really good sleep hygiene routine. Whether you're on a day shift, whether you're on an afternoon shift, whether you're on a night shift, go through the same routine every single pre-sleep right? So have yourself a really good sleep hygiene. Go through that. The other thing is be very kind to yourself. Understand that your body is highly stressed, even if you don't feel like it. Be kind to yourself and focus on what you need to focus on. Don't make any decisions. One of the best pieces of advice I got was don't make any decisions on night shift. So don't make any decisions. You don't have to worry about anything that you don't have to worry about. So don't. Focus on your sleep. Just get through it. Change your mindset to focusing on your days off and smashing your training on your days off and fast between midnight, 6 a.m. and keep your water up. That's what I would summarize it. Amazing. And I suppose, and even with that then, Roger, if you were to give, you know, the listeners, shift workers, anyone, three, three, three major tips or, or stuff that you'd want them to focus on, what would you go ahead and go with? Um, first thing would obviously, again, would be to that sleep routine. The second thing would be give Hydrolyte a go or even the girls, um, the Barocca make a Barocca Hydro, um, Electrolyte now, but it's called Barocca Sport. Um, get the Barocca Sporting because it brings your B vitamins up and it also brings up your electrolyte. So you can take that when you wake up. Um, and the third one would be prep, 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 plan ahead, prep your meals, Go for really easy stuff that you can literally just grab out of the fridge and you don't have to think about. Hello, overnight wheat bix. Hello, overnight oats, right? Really good for shift workers because you can make them up three or four days in advance. Overnight oats or overnight wheat bix are ideal for you to have when you first get home and just go to bed on it because it's going to give you the protein. It's going to give you the carbohydrates. You can sleep on that. And for those that are tracking, really super easy to track. Just Google overnight wheat bix. There's a massive trend with them at the moment. 
Um, wheat bix must be loving it. But anyway, um, yeah, meal prep ahead. Uh, Woolworths with the salads. You can get those pre-packed salads from Coles yeah. and Woolworths. Have those salads and cook up some chicken thighs or chicken tenders or something like that. You can just throw with them. And that's a great meal to have at 11 o'clock at night, getting all those nutrients and things in. Really good. Oh, 100%. I suppose, Roger, with all that, where can people find you and, you know, what have you got coming up in the pipeline? Yeah, I've got a lot coming up in the pipeline at the moment. We're working really hard on getting the website done. So that will be at a healthy, it'll be a healthy shift.com. But at the moment, that's not, there's nothing there at the moment. But coming up um, on my Instagram, if you have a look at my Instagram, I'm at a underscore healthy underscore shift. Um, Roger Sutherland's my name. I'm starting um, get, I'm working on my podcast at the moment and getting guests so that I'll be having podcasts to spit out probably 10 to 15 minute podcasts. Um, I'd like to do a few a week so that we move forward with that. Um, and I'm working with another person at the moment and we're creating an, uh, an ebook, which will be a guide for shift workers um, so that they can get hold of this ebook as to how to be kind to themselves and how to go about structuring their meals around shift work and tips and hints around shift work as well. And more importantly, over the next 12 months, we're going to be building a course, which is a, a course that um, will be targeted at PTs and coaches to teach them how to go about coaching um, shift workers and how they are so different um, to give them the knowledge of the best way to go about coaching um, shift workers that they've got. Cause there's plenty of them that need the help. 100%. Now that was absolutely, that was a really good podcast and you know, it was, it was amazing to have you on board. It was really good. And I'm definitely sure like we'll have you again down the pipeline again. Cause I love, I love like doing podcasts and having people back on. So it's been a pleasure to have you on like the knowledge bombs. Like I listened back this tomorrow and I'll probably, you know, I'll get a lot of information from my clients. So it's, Thank you for coming on and you know sharing your knowledge. I'm incredibly grateful to have the opportunity to help. I really do. And we'll do the same with you with my podcast as well, because you can tell me what sort of things that you're having problems with as well. And I think that's how we form our networks of people going around and, and sharing all the information. Thanks, no. for people. I sincerely appreciate the opportunity. Amazing. Take care.